Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast is sponsored by fine people like Tom. Making their first appearance on our show this week is a great new group from Birmingham, The Idle Race. Well, let's have a word with one of them. Roger, you've got uh, how many records released at the moment? Because there's not the same one in America that you have elsewhere, is it? We have two. One in America, which is Here We Go Round the Lemon Tree, and a song written by Jeff Flynn, Ali guitarist, uh, which is called Imposters of Life's Magazine. Well, let's give that a whirl now, can we? Yeah, sure. This is Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast. Episode negative zero seven two. Imposters of Life's Magazine. Imposters of Life's Magazine came out in early October 1967 and was the first song released that was written and recorded by Jeff Lynne, although you'd never know it by looking at the label. In the 2012 documentary, Mr. Blue Sky, the story of Jeff Lynne and ELO, Jeff said, So I wrote this song called Imposters of Life's Magazine, and I can't wait for this thing to arrive in the mail, this record that I've made, and it's going to have my name on the label. I'm going, wow, I'm going to be a songwriter. The, the thing comes, and I look at it, and I'm going, what the hell is that? And it says, Imposters of Life's Magazine by G. Lynn, without, without the E on the end, just L-Y-N-N. And G, I thought, who's that? Gordon. You know, I don't know any G. Lynn around here. So I was very, very disappointed, very upset. Because, you know, it was really my big moment and it, it just turned to shit. <laughs> In the October 2019 Soda Jerker, Jeff said, When I wrote Imposters of Life's Magazine, it was called Imposters of Life Magazine. Our publishers got on us and said, You can't have that. It's nicked of Life Magazine. So I just put the S on the end of it and it was all right. In August 2015, John Vanderkeest wrote in Jeff Lynn Electric Light Orchestra before and after. As for the lyrics, they made it a song which tells the truth about people. We are all actors on life stage, putting up a brave facade. In the number 6, 1989 issue of the Face the Music fanzine, Gil wrote, Imposters seems to be something of a conglomerated sound heavily layered and driven along by a Keith Moon-type clattering drum track and a prominent slurred bass line, courtesy of Messrs. Spence and Masters. The multi-layered track and treated vocals were interspersed with a Beatleish guitar hook and a peculiar fanfare of no fixed origin. Just as one thinks the entire content of Jeff's Kitchen had featured in this short ditty, some solos on a grand piano. Frankly, it's all too much. The song didn't make the charts. You're a phony! Hey, everybody! This guy's a great big phony! I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsensen. And I'm kind of disappointed in the idol race so far. Going into this, I was hoping to hear the works of a very young Jeff Lynne, but we're three songs deep, and so far we got one song written by Roy Wood, one song written by Dave Pritchard, and one song written by Gordon Lynn, without an E. Where's Jeff? I guess that's my question. Well, he's down at the pub having a pint while... His cousin Gordon, because they didn't have the E at the end, yeah. does all the work. Mm. And, and 
gets the uh, first single that they get released in the UK pumped out there. What happened to Gordon, though? He just showed up on this one record, and then he vanished. He disappeared. I couldn't find any information out about Gordon Lynn without an E. Well, I think that he was eaten by a bog monster. Happens a lot in Birmingham, I hear. Yes. Okay, I think we're done screwing around with this part here. <laughs> we should probably get actually right to the song now. I'm I, I I'm torn with this song. I don't like listening to it. It's that psychedelic kind of sound that I said I don't like, where it's just grungy, muddy guitars banging it out. But there are parts that I do like. I liked that little uh, piano plinky part that comes in. How do you know your friends forsake you? I think it's the bridge. And it's kind of funny mm -hmm. because the bridge comes in like one third way through the song, whereas most bridges either come in two thirds into the song, either after the guitar solo or before the guitar solo. And this is where I'm torn. I didn't like listening to it, but I think for the first song that Jeff Lynne wrote, it's kind of a mix. In a way, it sounds like the work of somebody who's young and new to songwriting. The chorus. He's just singing the same lines twice, without much of a melody. It's like they're delivered on the same note through the whole chorus. And some of the verses sound kind of stiff, like a young person. Oh, I, I wrote this, eh? It's, it's not quite as evolved as the later stuff would go. Telephone line or, or out of the blue, or even calling America, which is understandable since Jeff is 19? Yeah, he's 19. So I understand. I know where he's coming from, where it sounds like the work of a young person. But there's also, I think there's like some songwriting sophistication here because it goes into different directions in the same song. It does have that verse thing. And then there's that bridge that comes in one third of the way. And then there's another verse that's slightly different than the other verse. There's the placement of the guitar solo and how the guitar solo is done. So I'm kind of like confused. I think it's both the work of an amateur and a professional at the same time. I think I kind of agree with you. Mm -hmm. I don't hate listening to it, but... Comparing this with what Roy Wood was doing with The Move, it was similar music. You get two to three minute songs that are all over the place. You, you try to jam as much in as possible. And it just seems like Roy had more of a grip on what he wanted The Move to sound like. Where Jeff Lynn was, huh, well, all these other bands are sounding like this. Let's see what I can do. And it comes out uh, as much as they didn't release the Lemon Tree because it was getting airplay and by the move and everything. They didn't want to be known as a covers band and everything. So they didn't release it in the UK. This still sounds like a lot of move influence. On oh, this yeah. Song. I'm not talking about just the general psychedelic influence. I'm talking about specifically <laughs> the move and everything else that was happening in Birmingham. So it is Lynn trying to jam as much into a very, very short song as he can with bass and drum solo, piano solo, guitar solo, and trying to say something profound about pretending to be something you're not. And it's a bit of a mess. It's a listenable mess. But when I saw the title, I wasn't even expecting him to sing the title of the thing normally i see a title like this and a lot of times at that point they don't even ever say the title of the song 
they just come up with a title and you get some song that just goes along with it. And, uh, oh, okay, that's nice. Okay, I see what they were going with that. Um, I feel like he came up with it and f- had the idea that he had to have a chorus with it in there. Yeah. The other problem I have is even though we've got bass and drum solos, uh, the treble is way, way up on this song, especially at the beginning. So at the very beginning, there's not a lot of bottom to it, and that can come through very screechy. Unless you've already established yourself and your sound, that's not exactly the way you want to come across at the beginning of your first major single. Yeah, I think that's part of the youthful inexperience songwriter part of this song, where when you're young and you're full of talent and all these ideas, you kind of just throw them all into one song, whether they belong there or not like that sped up guitar thing. It doesn't sound like it belongs there. Les Paul invented that, and when he did it, it sounded like it belonged in the songs that he put it in. But this one, it just sounds like, hey, we can do this. Let's just jam this in there. And I think that's something you don't learn until much later in life. Or if you see Star Trek VI. Just because we can do a thing, it does not necessarily follow that we must do that thing. Maybe save it for another song. But yeah, I understand being young and wanting to show everybody everything that you can do all at once. And here it is. I put it all in this song here. It's like, no, no. You got a lot of songs that you can make. You can spread out your mad skills and other things. You don't have to drop it all at once in one song. Yeah, it's almost as like because Lemon Tree, which had similar with all this stuff thrown Mm -hmm. into it, it's almost like since that didn't get a chance to get a release, he was trying to do his own version of it. And once again, say, hey, this is all the stuff we can do. Yeah, because people in America, they're all hearing the Idol Race Lemon Tree record. I only wish. Um, But over there in (laughs) England... Where he lives, his home, where all his friends and his family are, they're not able to buy that record. Hey, my friend Gordon Lynn made this song, but you can't buy it unless you live in America or outside of England. So yep. here, here's Gordon Lynn's Nobody next bought record. it anyway. No, sadly, yeah. nobody did. And they, <laughs> they should have. So yeah, but you know, hey, hey, my friend Gordon Lynn made another record. Here it is. And this one he wrote. Yeah. See yeah. right here, G. Lynn with no <laughs> E at the end. As for an idea for a song, I like it. I think it's a pretty good idea. I think in some way, all of us maybe impost uh, a little bit. I will highlight the better parts of things, but I don't think I'll go full on fake. I've never been able to cross that line seriously. I'll do it joking around and it'll be obvious that I'm joking. There's a line from an XTC song that I think has always adequately (laughs) described me. It's from Mayor of Simpleton and it goes, what you get is all real, I can't put on an act. It takes brains to do that anyway. And that's a, another thing. Jefflin had to, to avoid a lawsuit, but it's really kind of genius. Sticking that S on the end of life. Because Imposters of Life magazine, I'm just going to think, oh, it must be the famous people that are in Life magazine. But when you stick on that S and make it Imposters of Life's magazine, that kind of encompasses everybody you know we've all got our own little life magazine going on and when you say Mm -hmm. life's magazine that's everybody all of our own personal issues of life magazine so i think that was a smart way to not just limit it to 
oh, the celebrities over there, but to also include, oh, he's singing about me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Got something to say about Imposters of Life's magazine? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. I know I'm faking it. Well, hey, this is Dr. Troy with my thoughts on Imposters of Life magazine. First of all, I love the title. Talk about nice wordplay. Comparing life to a magazine and then calling someone an imposter of that? Brilliant. Yes, I do. I I love this song. It's an interesting song. It's almost like three songs in one. The tempo and the melody change about three times. And right after the first verse, you get a change in the melody, a little bit of a change in the rhythm, and then it goes into the chorus, which is somewhat different melodically and tempo-wise, and then it goes back into the main theme. I mean, this is 1967. It's a two-minute song, and so much is packed into it. It's incredible. Also, I love the guitar. The guitar dominates the song in terms of the instrument, and it changes a little bit, but it's very good. And it just shows how far Jeff has come in just over two years, starting out with the Chads, which were a basic British pop group, and he's 17 years old. And then going into the Night Riders, which was more of a Beatles, Dave Clark 5 vibe. And now the Idol Race, and he's doing this. I mean, it's amazing. I think this would have made a good ELO B-side in the 70s, and you would not have had to have added any strings to it, because I think it would work just as it is. Now, in terms of what this song sounds like, well, it doesn't really sound like anything, but the song that I thought this most resembled, especially in terms of how the vocals are arranged, is The Shape of Things to Come by Max Frost and the Troopers from 1968. And of course, I can hear echoes of the Beatles. It shows me that Jeff had indeed been paying attention to some of the changes that had been happening in the Beatles' music within that time period. And it kind of reminds me of the Moody Blues' Ride My Seesaw a bit. The Moody Blues were just coming out of the British pop phase and were trying to forge their own identity. But yet, Ride My Seesaw has a little bit of a mix of both psychedelic and British pop. So again, I really do love this song, and it's not bad for Jeff coming out of the box with the idol. Race. I'm going to guess Troy was going to say race before Google Voice cut him off. Well, I will talk to you next week. Feast the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375.
1-800-273-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Keep up to date by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. Subscribe to our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra Podcast channel, to hear other goodies. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash elopod or paypal using the podcast's email address or send a check or money order to p.o box 1932 superior arizona 85173 next week episode negative zero seven one sitting in my tree